Good evening and welcome to episode 47 of My Fancy Zamboni. As you can tell, it's not Joe's voice. He's on his coastal tour of the UK. We believe he's currently in Rill. Um, so he won't be on the podcast. Actually, he's with his better half and joining his honeymoon. And I'm sure he'll be listening and uh, I hope he's having a great time. So apart from Joe, you've got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the toothless wonder. That is Gareth Dutton. Good evening, Gareth. Good evening, Dave. Good evening to everyone that's going to be listening, and also good morning if they do it in the morning. Indeed, well thought of. And last but not least, good evening, Andy. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Graf. Good evening, everyone listening. Oh, we're out wearing a good spirited uh, for tonight. This, this bodes very unwell for us. So, highlights this week uh, Coventry, four points in Scotland, tight game in Dundee, and then a 14 goal thriller in Renfrew. Uh, we'll mention it because it'll keep Gref happy. Storm, four points in the Challenge Cup to keep automatic qualification hopes alive, along with a split weekend in Belfast. Cardiff, Nottingham, Fife, Guildford split the back-to-back games that they had over the weekend. Um, and because of Cardiff's shock loss to the Panthers, Block 13 is now back for the rest of the season. Um, Todd Cameron can't handle losing to the Panthers, so you've got to bring back Block 13. So, guys, highlights for this week. Well, my highlights, you just mentioned it there. Three wins out of four games for the Storm. I'm going homer. I don't even care. <laughs> I mean, we got, what was it? 6 2 against you guys. Uh, penalty shootout win don't, on the Saturday against don't know what happened against Belfast. No. It's fine. You, that goal is no longer there, so it's fine. Which is going to be a pain for us because that's the only one we can score five plus fast. Can we get to that section, please? If, if you we don't will mind. do. <laughs> we will do. Penalty shootout win against Belfast. Uh, unfortunate loss on Sunday, and then beating Panthers in a a, a very jam-packed arena. It was a sellout, wasn't it? Oh yeah. My highlight is, as mentioned, Dave, the uh, absolute thriller in the Glasgow Country game. I don't think I've seen, I've seen a, a game like that so high scoring for a very long time from both sides. It wasn't a one-sided affair. It was both sides fairly in, the, in this game and just an absolute thriller. Uh, four points for Luke Ferrara as well, so we'd be very happy with that. Goes very well for him as well if he's hoping for any um, courts subject for Great Britain, so that's, that's great for him. Hope he continues that. Some nice goals as well from uh, Matthew Waugh. Waugh and... Ferrara were also on the players of the week this week, which is great to see. So, yeah, a very good game from both sides. I, I seem to have a memory year, a few years ago that was a, another high-scoring game between Glasgow or Braid at the time and Sheffield. Something like 8-all when Sheffield won on penalties. So, a vague memory. So I think I, I'd gone on holiday that day, so you kind of land in and find another score like, oh, right. So, what don't happen with defence there? Um there seems to always that that is one place where you always get the high scoring games. Don't know what it is with Glasgow. I don't know. Um, my highlight uh, is a goal. Um, it's Tanner Ebelay's uh, against Dundee. It it was dirty. I'm not gonna lie. You just out of nowhere, bit of skill, bit of bit of magic, well placed goal. Um, we're seeing a, f- a few nice individual goals in Sheffield at the moment. Uh, and in fairness, along the league, there's some nice goal finish. But Eberlays was very nice and one of my highlights. Um, 
But in fairness, we've mentioned a few highlights. It's, it's been a good weekend for uh, teams in the Elite League. So we'll move on to the highlights. we we'll move on to the arrival and departure section. Though we have no arrivals, but we have departure section. Um, Griff, do you want to start us off on that one? Yeah. Uh, Joel's gone away to... Uh, well, he's gone, I was going to say Kukadi then, but I don't think he's going there yet. <laughs> he's been to Murrayfield. Got some racist jerseys with Tony Han on the back. Uh, he's gone Blackpool now, so we'll be getting something from there. Probably some rock. Rock. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe practising his dancing. Maybe he's gone to the ballroom. Could be. I mean, hopefully there's no stairs. No, we don't. We don't want him to have any stairs. We've uh, uh, many stories about him and stairs don't go well. Um, but uh, Andy, on a serious point, um, we do have a departure from the Elite League this this week. Yes, we do. Uh, that departure is Sheffield Steel's number forty-one, Pavel Cantor, has been released after what can be said as a, a pretty uh, dire game from a, a lot of fans who, who said they were there in Manchester, just couldn't couldn't catch a bug or anything. So. Didn't work out very well for him. Uh, I, I was quite surprised that after the um, interview with him, with Aaron Fox, on the situation by Bob Westell from the Star, saying that you know they'd be looking for him to bounce back and and gain back their trust. And then we, I was thinking, up, oh, he's quite a good coach. He's a good coach. He was willing to give patience to his, his players, willing to get his confidence back and and let him you know regain the trust of the fans. But obviously a couple of days after that. He was released from his contract, so quite a strange one, in my opinion. Because I, I thought, you know, as soon as Fox said that, he'd be getting another chance, but it wasn't to be. Uh, just wasn't the best of goals that we've had. You know, the, the the form of Duba right now is is, is incredible, and you know, uh, is it ninety point nine oh save percentage, and Cancel was was about eight eighty two, so quite a big difference, and. Last game against Manchester as well that he played, which is the last one before uh, the one that he just the one before the Challenge Cup one. Basically, the similar sort of results wasn't really you know within that game either. So maybe his confidence was just hasn't been there, and you know moving away from home it wasn't for him. So hopefully, good luck for him in, in his next job. Gref, you, you were there at the game, his, his last performance for Sheffield, uh, and, and I know you, you, we had a dialogue about his performance. So it's very strange because we all mentioned during pre-season that Cantor looked, you know, the real deal, looked very good, and, and then his performances when the season started just just never hit them high notes that he did in pre-season. No, he didn't, didn't really. Well, when I saw him at our rink, he didn't really hit those notes. Like you'd put like probably one or two past him and his head would go and then you either get two quick goals past him and then his head will get back into it and as soon as another one would go past him, it'd go again. So his confidence was lacking quite a bit well, in our games anyway. I think that's the only reason why we were able to get that many past him in both games that I've seen him play at our rink. You don't really like to see that in the keeper but then again, when it's your team doing it against theirs, you're kind of happy because you're like, yeah, this, we're getting points here. No one likes someone who brags. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, it just, it's disappointing for him because, like I said, he, he showed a lot of promise in the preseason uh, and no disrespect to Manchester, but a better quality opponent. 
I, but he's just never worked it during the season. His performances, where he, he'd string a few saves together, but he he just never never felt settled. And so maybe the, the point that Andy made are interested in, whereas the article from with interview with Fox said that you know he's going to have a chance to he's going to have to fight and build rebuild the trust. I wonder if he kind of thought I'm not settling. Let me or my agents tout around and see if there's something back home, and he's managed to get something back um, in the check. I, I hope he has. Um, young enough to, to 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 still forge a career, and I, you know, I wish him all the best. Um, it just never worked out, and it's a shame. It's a shame when people go out of their comfort zone and it just don't work. Because um, you, you you'd like to see them, you know, really push well. Um, but you know. He's gone um, for Sheffield. Duba's doing the business. He's he's stringing uh, some good performances together. A bit interesting. Aaron mentioned in his PR, and I'll bring this to Andy uh, that he's wanting to bring in another import goalie. Um, would you go down the line of two goal import goals and just alternate them, or would you stick with with Duba and, and bring in another better curling but a stronger backup? For me, it's, it's more the fact that uh, Duba's, Duba's been incredible so far for Sheffield, and I think if if he was to play quite a few games from now, I, I think there's a bigger chance, especially at, at the age that he is, of, of an injury happening. And if it was to happen, then we'd have to obviously rely on Curling do a good do a good job, which I, I think he would do. I think he would do a good job, but we just need that extra sort of input, you know, the, the, the one that can sort of push each other for a spot on a for a full-time spot on the team, and I think that, that is what we need. And it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what sort of goalie we bring in. Uh, I don't think it'll be a European goalie. I, I think we'll try and go for a for a uh, American Canadian goaltender that that has just been released from one of the AHL camps or something over there. So it'll be interesting to see who we bring in. Hopefully, it, it's you know a, a goalie of a, of a really good good experience and, and pedigree that can rotate with Duba to save him a lot of time, which could possibly lead to injury or just exhaustion. So I think it is something we need, we need to be doing. Yeah. What I think, yeah, you at the moment, you're kind of in the same boat as like ourselves or Fife or Dundee where your top deck miner gets injured. You've got a Brit on the, on the bench that's not really getting it game time and it'll come in cold. And because he's not played as many games in, in this league, he might get lit up or he might actually pull off someone to save. You, you're just in that bracket of what's going to happen here. I, what, I, so go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I wonder what's going to happen to Cantor's helmet because he got Steelers one, didn't he? He did, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Duba gets that. So long as everything is the same and he can use it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Duba gets it. Say if he doesn't, then they should really like do like a sell it off for a charity or something. That that'd be pretty good. I mean, that'd, be, that'd be sweet, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Duba um, has first dibs on that one. Or if the new goal that's coming in, because Duba might all, already have one. So. All the new goal, yes, you're, you're right there, Andy. So, but it'd be interesting to see how Aaron Fox shapes things up. Obviously, with a couple of injuries he's got in the defence and with the ones that have come in, it's changed the whole dynamic of, of the defensive unit for Sheffield. 
apart from the game Manchester. It'll be interesting what he does and how he plays that. So, although it's a nice problem to have, be interesting to see how Aaron Fox handles that. And, and talking of problems, we'll move on to the next section because we're towards the back end of October, two months into the season, and you start to see the patterns of who's gonna who's gonna hit for the title, who's gonna push for the playoffs, who's gonna do a Manchester and not make the playoffs. Um, at the moment, one candidate is putting a hand up with just horrible form. Is the Nottingham Panthers? And it's they're, they're, I think it's one point in eight games, or is it two points in eight games? It's a a ridiculous uh, run of form. That's that's I seen fans and players alike just so disenchanted about about the team. It's it's a rarity to see. Um, Griff, as as a as a neutral to this and I'll explain why I said mutual when I bring Andy back in it's, it's a strange one for the Panthers I and mean, we mentioned when we previewed them that they weren't the normal Panthers team but I don't think anybody expected how their season has gone so far yeah I don't think anyone has I mean since the season started in when was it like what end of August they've won five games five games since the end of August that's not looking good for a team like Nottingham with the experience in the past that they've got. And I mean, as I mentioned before, we started every every team goes through something like this. I mean, you guys did last year. Uh, you've got like oh, you got Buffalo doing it a fair few years, Edmonton doing it a fair few years. Even in football, you got United doing it now after so long of being one of the big boys. It's it happens to clubs. I mean as a fan of that club you'd hate to see it happen and you're like, oh great, what's this gonna be like next weekend? Am I gonna expect a not quite weekend again? Or then like as a, a fan of a different team, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm 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 out with this. You can lose all you want. It means we'll go above you in the league or in the Challenge Cup. It's an unfortunate thing for to be a Nottingham fan right now. Sorry, Panther Joe. I mean, you, you're going to hate it. But then, it's a wonderful thing to be not a Panther fan at the moment. Michael Surrey. Can confirm. Indeed. Uh, so, um, when I said neutral, Andy... As Gref mentioned, we was that team last year that everyone laughed at, everyone mocked. Gref texted us all and enjoyed his five minutes of fame. And we know how it feels uh, where, in terms of Nottingham and their position. But can, can, can they realistically, is it, is it a case of they can turn it around? Or is actually, has the damage been done both in terms of the, the playing staff? And you hear the interviews... Um, with the players and also the ownership who did a live Facebook thing uh, with Chris Ellis and if you haven't heard it you will give it a listen Chris does a good job um, in that with Neil Black but is, is the damage starting to really open the cracks in terms of the players and the, the fan engagement and that, that kind of togetherness that you're seeing in a few of the teams and, and how they're progressing how they're doing well this season whereas Nottingham's at that complete opposite end of the spectrum so far, yeah, it's it's really knocking good. I mean, before winning Cardiff on Saturday, they had a seven-game losing streak. So, yeah, 
not not the best at all. Uh, since then, they've lost uh, to Cardiff at home, and then obviously Manchester at home on Wednesday in the Challenge Cup. It's not looking very good at the moment. I think that you know if they need to get rid of a few a few bits of dead weight in the roster, bringing players like Jake Hansen, who had a t- two goal two goal game uh, in Nottingham on Wednesday, and then I think he scored a goal the previous game as well. So it, it is showing that uh, players like him will make a difference to the team, but will will help help try and win games. It's just something not quite right in in Nottingham. Minute it was just just something wrong with it, with that. Jigsaw, if you like, and I heard the interviews with uh, Neil Black and Sam Hur as well, the captain. Neil Black seems it comes across as like he's blaming the door at Guy just set. It, it, it does sound like it, it is he's blaming him for some some of the recruitment wise and things. Uh, but hey ho, and uh, the interview with Sam Hur, you can tell it's really bad when he's saying it's it's pathetic. So. I think I think there is still time to change things around. It's just you know finding finding out what's going to work for the team, getting rid of some of the players that you know ha- haven't been performing to the standard that probably should be doing, making some some more players, some good players, and I think I think they'll be okay. It's just obviously it's uh, the first time full coaching season for Tim Wallace. You know he's, he's still a very rookie, and 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 like we said, a few. A few months ago, before we start the new season, it, it will take a bit of time for him to to get things right. And I think it, it, it is a case, but I didn't think it'd be this bad so far. So they do need to find find keys to unlock this this good form that I should be having, and, and it's just not coming for them. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they can steady the ship and, and and make things right. It's funny, Griff, that you mentioned. Um... Man U, in respect of the, the years that they had under Sarx Ferguson and all the glory that were brought there, then to have the years where it's just not been right, it's kind of, there's a, a slight similar parallel, minus the league t- trophies, apart from one, where all the years under Corey Nielsen and Nielsen's reign ended and then they brought um, Chernomars last year, last, didn't last long, uh, it's a new coaching thing. Uh, is it, it, that kind of similar? You've had this one person at the helm for so long. Now you just don't know what to do, and there's no. Well, it weren't like what it was before. It, that kind of mentality of instead of uh, embracing the new change, and it's kind of in the, in the heads of the Panther psyche of, you know, it was better under Nielsen. We didn't like it, but it was better under Nielsen. I think yeah, it probably much. Probably is like well, especially with Nielsen, he probably had the respect of the the Brit guys probably as m- more than what Chernomaz or Wallace has got at the moment, and you don't really see him like so Polini scoring as much as he has done over the past few seasons. I mean, not saying that he's doing it because yeah, I don't trust Wallace or Giuseppe. They probably actually do trust them a lot. But maybe it's just the coaching style isn't how they can play their game. I mean, in the league at the moment, they've played 10 games. And they've got seven points. They're two points from being bottom of the league. 
at the moment at the bottom is Dundee with five and then ourselves won six. And we've got a game in hand. It's not looking good. I mean, even looking at the goals against, we've got the most goals against at the moment with 32. It's not looking good for them at all. They really, really do need to maybe chop and change more than just the two players that they already have done at the moment. I mean, I wonder how long it's going to be until you probably see Wallace or set or both on the ice. See, that that surprised me massively that they never spent time, even if it just sort of temporary, you know, given the, the high um, quality of both uh, Doucette and Wallace, that really surprised me that they actually never did whilst I was waiting for to bring in, uh, reinforcements back in. Um, but that was their decision, you know, and, it, you know, it's a results-based industry and it, come the end of the season, that may be the area where they go, if only we did that then. Um, but like yourselves in Sheffield, you have to kind of keep the faith. Don't throw anybody under the bus. It hopefully will turn around for the Panthers. Um, but who knows, you know, from my Sheffield head, given the gloating that they enjoyed last year, and right so, I, I hope it lasts as long as it, even longer than it did in Sheffield. But I know too many good pit folk in Nottingham, and you know what? They don't deserve uh, doldrums. Um, oh, I'm kidding. Of course they do. No, they don't. Um, the, the, you know, the, you hope that they can turn things around because you want all your franchises, all your teams, to really be hitting the stride. Look around. You know, Cardiff are doing the kind of things so Belfast obviously they've had the the jump start with the CHL uh, Glasgow doing well uh, Fife and Dundee are getting on on the band, on bandwagon of that side of things Sheffield's doing okay um, Manchester are kind of getting there you know a bit of a jump start I think this weekend we could class it as, as a jump start um, Coventry are doing okay Guildford are doing okay Nottingham aren't and they will need to Sort that very quickly. I think they will, and I think they'll have the resources to do it. Um, a smug though. Sorry. As a Steelers fan, feeling a bit smug after obviously the tour <sighs> last year. Do you know? I, I'm. I'll throw this to you. Um, in terms of why I, I will not not mention it, because I remember years ago. Um, in fact, both myself and you were at the game in uh, Salzburg where we got absolutely destroyed by Red Bull Salzburg and social media went to town and they loved it they absolutely loved the fact that we got destroyed we i'll be up front honest neither of us can remember the game so when cardiff entered the chl and they got de- battered by davos 10-1 straight away well you know how did sheffield do how did nottingham do how did belfast do? oh you weren't in the chl remember what you were saying last year guys you know when we was in that position it's just the same so I'm not going to lie. There's a bit of me that's like you. It's a bit, bit of smugness. But from a wanting a as level a playing field as possible so that when you do beat teams, it's even better to enjoy, you hope the Panthers do get back on the track and, and do something because, you know, they've got the resources. They've got the fan base to to, to get them changes. But in terms of resources, it, well, you know, you know we, we know enough good people in Nottingham. Um to say that. But talking of resources, I think that's ideal to move on to the next point of the podcast. Um, and this week, that the, the Elite League announced, was it even like yesterday, that they're going to be making some uh, roster changes for the 2021 season. 
Uh, and the main changes are, we'll quickly go through them as follows. So the maximum bench strength will go from 19 plus 3 to 17 plus 3. I'll explain the plus 3 afterwards. Um, the existing rule regarding under 23 players will now change to be players of 20, age of 25 and under. The number of imports that a, can play a particular game is now goes down to 13. Also, um, you are only allowed to have, throughout the season, 18 imports. A 19th can be used should it involve an injured goalie. Uh, and also, there's a, a set um, minimum bench strength uh, is increasing from the current level of 12 skaters and two netminders to 14 skaters and two netminders. Um, so the plus three is the rule of the under-23s where you can have an additional three players, but they have to be of a certain age. And now that move, instead of being under-23, it's now under-25. Um, gents, I'm going to throw it out as a bit of an open discussion about this one, because I, 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 there's been a lot of... It's split down the middle you, you on social media and on the forums, gauging opinion. What, 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 what do your guys think? Me personally, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, for looking at it from a GB fan perspective, because that's going to do hopefully pretty good for players that are 25 and under. That will get hopefully get more chance on the ice, more ice time. And then we can look at replacing the likes of what Matty Myers, General Phillips, the core guys that have been there for a while. It'll strengthen the Brit line. I mean, hopefully we stay up after Switzerland, but you know, we're not look. It's not looking good, but things change. I mean, I don't think France thought they were playing in Slovenia next year, but enjoy it, lads. Ye of little faith, Griff. Ye of little faith. Um, I've got to be honest. I'm going to throw it straight away in the actual PR that the league released. It actually mentioned about, well, what about four lines? And if you look at it from the perspective of 17 plus 3, that still means you can have 20 players. Excuse me. And that's four-line hockey. Four-line forwards, uh, three-line a day, and the two goals. Just means you've got a, a couple of younger players. What it also means for me is that actually the increased standard of import comes over. So instead of spread over 14, it's spread over 13. And if you if you kind of break it down, um, you look at the worst import, and well, let's go on point production. Um, because the, fu- the funny discussion was with uh, a listener to the podcast, John Abola, goes, well, how can you define uh, uh, the worst import, asking for a friend, uh, about Nottingham this year? Um, if you look at it, you could easily replace your worst point-producing forward, let's say, and replace it with a Brit to do the same job. Let's say... So, is it a bad thing that an extra Brit plays? No. Because, in fairness, Cardiff now is in the psyche of four-line hockey. Sheffield's in the psyche of four-line hockey. I think Belfast are starting to be in the psyche of four-line hockey. Uh, Nottingham are in the psyche of four-line hockey. Um, you know, the no coincidence that these teams have been in the CHL where four-line hockey is the norm. Um, so, I, I've no problem with with this change. I don't, you know, 19 plus 3 allows for bench warmers. Oh, you're on the bench. Oh, have have 10 seconds. You know, go on, there you go. What's the point? 
Now, uh, you, you know, your, your bench is four lines and they all have to play a fair amount of minutes. The interesting rule I, I'm, I like in one way, and I have to say for it, I'm not too sure, is this 18 max? Now, it's kind of like the old days of how many ITC cards you could apply for per season, isn't it? Um, now, I'm all I'm all for coaches to be held to a have you done your due diligence properly? Have you looked into it? Um, you know, as much as you kind of you, you know, a test of your contacts, a test of your ability to work out whether this player's a dud or not. Let's be fair, all good coaches will, will pick up a dud that you think that is going to be a good player. You know, in all fairness, in Sheffield, mine, St. Pierre, not a dud, but didn't perform that his CV, his resume, everything about him suggests would. So it can happen. Um, and I kind of think, what happens if you if you sign a team and you're there, you got your numbers, and a team from the DEL, the SHL, come knock on the door with a lot more money, and that guy says, you know, it's a great opportunity. And then you've burnt your spot. So I kind of think there's there's ways and areas where I think if you could mould the rule, I think that'd be fine. You know, I I, I get why it's been it's been brought in. To, you know. The likes of Sheffield, Cardiff, Belfast, Nottingham, Guildford to a degree can chop and change very simply. The likes of Dundee, Fife, Manchester, Coventry may not. To the degree of number. Not saying the, the, the type of player, but the type of the number, the frequency um, of import that can be brought in. So I, I have no issue with the concept behind that. I hope that somewhere on the line the owners go, do you know what? Let's stick with this rule. Let's tweak it. Let's mould it. Because I think it's actually a potential rule that actually will be good. And it will also test, you know, not just uh, get a CV in front of you. Yeah, looks like he's played there, sign him. Next, the coaches. And it gives the coach value because it shows that they've done the job. Um, and Andy, you know, it's it, what, what, what's your take on this, the whole 18 max import? I'm not, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, it, it might not be just because the players uh, aren't performing to the standards are expected. It's tr- the reason why they've released them out is because they've found somewhere that offers more money or they've got o- other things away from the sport, whether it's regarding retirement or anything like that. So a lot of it might not be uh, the club's choice. It might be the player's choice to leave, and then obviously they've got to find someone else to, to fill those spots in. So, I think it works in the fact that you know it's 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 more fairer for all teams in terms of budget-wise. You know, the one it has been because you no know, Sheffield, likes of Cardiff, Sheffield, aren't going to be able to sign uh, many players out that other teams in the league might not be able to do simply because of of the budget. I think it does make it a bit fair in that way, but like I said, just doesn't quite meet the criteria of, of, of why the reasons are to release a player. I do like the um, 17 plus, plus 3 with the under-25s. I think it's great for, like Ref said, for Great Britain, because we do need to replace the likes of John Phillips, Matt Myers, all those, all those amazing players for us right now that are in Great Britain, but they are coming to that age where soon they will be retired, and we need to find the next the next batch of players that can move up and do just as good a job as 
is what they've done for us over the years. So it's straight in terms of getting them more ice time. And obviously, there's, there's not really a stepping stone between uh, juniors and then going in, in, into the top level ice hockey. There's not there's not much there. So it allows them, you know, a, a bit more of a of a leeway to prove their worth to why they should be in the top tier of hockey. And it, it just opens more doors to more players. And I think that's something that has been needed for quite a long time. I also like the fact that it's going to be 13 imports minimum bench uh, next season compared to 14 is what it is now. I would like to see that drop a couple more, to be honest, so that there is even more of a gateway for for the uh, for British players to move on up. But apart from that, I do like it. Someone not a fan of the, the new NHL league. Um, Gref, um, I'll just bring you one point that I've seen. Kind of, I'm intrigued as to what you guys think is that some discussion has been as uh, a negative to this. Well, well, you know, the country's now competing in the CHL. You know, we're getting good results against this. And this is going to bring it down. Do you think that's the case? I don't think that's the case one bit. I mean, from, let's take it from, like, your perspective, uh, Steelers. Yeah, you, you signed St. Pierre. He didn't turn out to be the player that you thought he was going to be. That's only one out of what thirteen play thirteen imports that you got that are played anyway, and that's that's just not that's just about to anyone that's that play. I mean, with the injuries and that, so that's unfortunate. And unfortunately, I think one of them probably happened thanks to one of our players. But, you know, it's. You uh, look at it. This, you know, yeah, words out. Stats wise, <laughs> teeth back in. If you can find some, we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> looking at, say you guys look at the stats wise so far. I mean, obviously you put ten past five, but you got the most goals in the league so far. With the second team that's coming close to you, like thirteen goals behind. Again. If you do, you, you you research correctly on a player. They should hopefully, I should expect to do well. Um, if not, you you are doing the revolving door trick. But this time, there isn't as many bosses to throw them under. No, there isn't. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a long cry from a year ago when all the buses were being uh, used to throw our players under, according to a certain uh, percentage of the hockey fan base. Um, but moving swiftly on, we'll, we'll not dwell on the on that uh, period um, only because it's not good. And uh, it's, I said a long conversation for another day. Um, and I think that's, I don't want to get a trigger, Andy, um, on that one. Um, we've we took the pegs off him. It's fine. We're safe. Um, the plastic ones. Oh, oh no, no, mate. He's he's got the metal ones. He's he don't mess around. Um, it's been our Sheffield then. He has been. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so let let's change tact and let, let's go on. Let's talk about something which is pretty magnificent. Um, as stats go, it's unparalleled. No one close near him. Um, from a Sheffield perspective, oh, captain, my captain, Jonathan Phillips, plays his 1,000th elite league game 
on Saturday, all being well, that he don't pick up an injury tomorrow. Uh, still tomorrow now. We're still we're still on Thursday. So assuming he skates on Saturday against the Coventry Blaze, he will have he will be playing his one thousandth elite league game. Uh, the young kid from from Cardiff who moved to Sheffield in 06. Um, you know, I, I'll let you two guys start on this one. Um, it's it's a career that's may not be as high point scoring as the likes of David Clark, Tony Hand, and that ilk, but certainly a career unparalleled with any or many other British players that's ever graced the game. A thousand games. No one's come close to that yet. I I don't think for a good while anyone will come close. Even with the two major knee surgeries, and he's still getting those games. He's like last season played every single game pretty much. The season before that, I think he played every single game. There's only been like a few seasons where he's not actually played over fifty games in the league. It shows that if you even at his age, where you think right, this player's going to probably slow slowly get worse, probably just due, just due to age catching up on you with having any speed. But then you look at John Phillips, you're like, yep, that's gone out the window. Probably one of the fast, probably the fastest guy in the league. It's the French know about his speed, definitely. They know about cross-checking. I mean, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, no. Um, and a guy who's 36, 37, I'm not sure when he turned 37, but to have that speed still um, is amazing. And all reports say that he's still, his fitness tests beginning of each season just gets better and better. <clears throat> and like you said, for a guy with two major knee surgeries, it's incredible. Um, Andy, you know, we've been lucky and blessed to, to see him lead our, when I say our, obviously the Steelers fans, but lead our club. Um, I, I don't know about you, mate. I, I caught in terms of captaincy, he is the GOAT. Um, there is no captain in my eyes in Sheffield that's ever will ever touch what Phillips has done as a player, what he's won, and how he's conducted himself. Absolutely. Uh, I think I'd even go further to saying that there's been no successful captain in the, in the Elite League as a whole. You know, has been Jonathan Phillips. You know, he's been captain for quite a long time now. Since second on the list, since 2007-8 season, he's been captain. So, just to think what he's done in 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 those many many years at the club as captain is just just amazing. As as he said, they have not the most uh, points wise, but just the contributions that he makes with speed, with his his leadership, is just you know, uncomparable un- to many people. Uh, who played in the, in the league before, so it's it's great for him, and uh, really happy that he's he's been able to, to make his thousandth game this weekend. Uh, I, I remember him coming in 2006 with, you know, he never really thought of the things that what he would be right now, and just to see where he is from his very first game for the Steelers, just just amazing. Things he's done is amazing, not for just Steelers but GB as well. He's you know he, he's helped them get to where they are now in in, in the elite again. So it's it's fantastic to see. I remember I remember he picked up the captaincy his first season. Sean Maltby was the captain uh, starting that season. He picked up a season and injury, and Dave Matsloss, the coach at the time, everyone announced was Jonathan. Why why is why has he got the captaincy? 
And years down the line, you now know the answer. Um, I, I don't think there's a player as respected in, in Sheffield as in the sporting community, as well as the Elite League. Um, and in terms of a British player, if the, young, if the youngsters want to look up to someone, you're going to look to Dowd for the scoring. You're going to look to O'Connor and Phillips, David Phillips. Um, there you go against some people's opinions, but in terms of defensive play. But in terms of how to keep yourself fit, in terms of in terms of your how you conduct yourself, how you you know represent what's in front of you, there is no better player. There's a reason why he's been captain in Sheffield all that time, apart from one season, and Doug Christian made a massive error in giving it to um, Steve Gerson. Kurt Gertz, and that's the one. Thank you. I, 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 for a split second, forgot who you gave it to. Although we gave him an A, he should never have lost that C. Um, and he's rep- he's done the same with Great Britain. And now you look at both as separate entities, Sheffield and Great Britain. And when you think of the captain, you don't think anybody else. You can't think even the national team. You go, it could be that person. It could be that person. You you physically now. And this is way Jonathan Phillips has, has has held the role and held it well. You can't think anybody else. I mean, Gref, I, you know, I appreciate as a GB fan, but I am asking as sort of as a Manchester fan from the outside in. You know, do you can you think of any British player over the last ten or so years that's been able to be held in such esteem as Jonathan Phillips? I don't really think there is. Um, you could probably joke and go, yeah, Tony Hand, being Manchester and all that. But I wouldn't go that far. I would say, if, even looking from the, from the, the, the correct side of the Pennines, um, even no, looking from oh, over there... Oh, oh, when you move into Sheffield? Who knows? <laughs> I'll, still be, I'll still be a Red Rose. Breaking news. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be more of a fusion by the time we're done mate <laughs> pink rose <probably. laughs> sorry uh, apologies continue oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really think there is anyone that you can think of who you'd say is the captain not even just looking at GB look at for you guys really I mean he's had it that long it's like there's no one that can replace it. You could probably give it to like if he retires within the next two seasons, but to like Ben O'Connor or something like that. But then, I mean, your fan base would love that. I'm sure they would. But <laughs> I'm going to throw something in terms of, in my mind, how I look at it. A certain team who play out in uh, Madison Square Garden, when you say the captain, you think of one person, that's Messier. And I'm not saying it in terms of a comparative skill level. Obviously not. But I think there's a, there's a similarity. Is you, I, don't see, I don't see him as John Phillips. Like you just said, I say the captain. He I'm is the leader. Tavares, then. <sighs> Save it for another time, Andy. <laughs> Save it for another time, um, you know, you swine. Um, <laughs> but you know, I 
you lose words because it's all been dis- all been used, all described for him, and there's he definitely is the next person for his number to go in the rafters without for me without a shadow of a doubt. And in fairness, if the Steelers haven't got that PR ready now for the time that he does hang up his boots, so within an hour of him announcing it, go, but it's happening, something wrong because it's, this it's a showing. You know, you look at the lights of, you look around the league now. Um, probably the last one that was a proper showing was probably David Clark and Corey Nielsen, Adam Keith. Probably the ones that were shoo-ins. When, it happen- when they retire, it's going to happen. Jonathan Phillips is definitely that one. There's only one person I, I can really think of who, who can take over the captain role, not just Roger, not, not just Sheffield, but Great Britain as well, and, and, and that's Robert Dowd. You know, he's, he's, still, he's still quite a young guy. I, I think he's still got a lot of years left in him. And just he been under Phillips' wing for quite some time. I think he'll, he'll have picked up a lot of a lot of the uh, knowledge and uh, sort of traits of, of a leader to, to then lead, be a leader himself one day. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anyone really at Dowd's age that has still got, you know, quite quite a bit of time left in him to be to be a captain again. I think Richardson, I think he's sort of coming to, coming to the end of his career almost. So I, I think for me, it's, it's got to be Dowd, not, not just Sheffield, but Great Britain as well. That'd be an interesting shout, that. I think he got like the most. Well, he's up there with the most assists for you guys as well. That'll do. Yeah. He's, he's, he's now fourth overall. And if if you logically think about it, you take one and two out of the equation because that's eight, nine hundred points when you know people scoring fifteen points a game for fun. You know, the Lord Mayor, Ron Children, and Nemeth. He yes, and I, you know, Legree is the modern day top point scorer of all time of the Steelers. You take them two out of the way because no one's going to catch him up. So Dow being second in that list, in in, in comparative terms, he's he's got them points. He's in he's, he's very much, um, he's very much up there. So interesting take um, for captaincy. But uh, do you know what? In my in the back of my mind, I'm thinking as as a someone who probably would do a good job as a captain as a as a rally, uh, is David Phillips for GB. I'm gonna throw that name. Could be dangerous. Could be could be a dangerous captain. Who knows? Uh, but you know, we'll end on a congratulations to Jonathan. Um, if you're able to go to the game on on Saturday, um, just just to to applaud the. Hankies uh... as well. I know I will. Sorry. Bring some hankies because I know I will. That's yeah. I, I think it'll it'll be a. It'll be certainly an emotional night because you know it's very rare that happens where you get a player to get a thousand uh, um, games in a league. Um, I think the only next emotional night will be that very last game he skates in Sheffield. Um, but you know, if you can to go along, just to just to you know give thanks to a player who's gave everything and more uh, to the game. Um, I think that's really all we can say about uh, Jonathan Phillips. Unless any of you got any more? I can't think of a thing I would play. For his very last game, I, I think the league could do it as last game in the season. Steelers v Devils. That Just would be, that would be yeah. That I like that against his last book. That yeah, I like that. That'd be that'd be good. That also 
just remembered, I know we mentioned it before we started recording, if my maths is correct, he plays six games in the World Champs uh, in Switzerland. He will be the third player to hit 100 caps for his country. And many of them has capped him. What, what, what a career to have had. Assuming that this may be his last season playing for international, but you never know. You know, he he gets quicker and quicker. Why would he want to pack it in? Um, So that's Jonathan Phillips dealt with. Um, And again, congratulations on on that 1,000th game. Um, We're moving on to the new part of the podcast. uh, And we're hoping you you got a good one for us, uh, Stafford. There's one, Stafford Stories. No pressure. Well, I have been uh, told a a regular story by by, uh, our good friend, Jack who's been trading and, and, and playing with us for the last two years. And I heard, as soon as he said this story, I, I thought this this is too good not to share with uh, Gref. Now you, you won't have heard this before and everyone listening as well. It's a great story. So he lives on an estate which is behind, which behind it is a, a flats where a lot of the Steelers players are housed. And... It was that one day, walking his dog, on his own business, and um, there was this guy just stood on on his balcony, with, with his arms, arms on his hips, and you know, just in his birthday suit, just waving at the world. Uh, so just for some reason, he decided to look up and obviously saw him, and uh, the guy realised that he had been spotted, and uh, it was just slowly close the door like just so so passively <laughs> um and i think i think he uh talked to deluca uh a few days after asking who lives upstairs and and of course deluca is does live with um a few of the players there as well and deluca goes oh that's uh that's lemmy that's you go and uh, it's, like, it's amazing. It, it was a just a funny story. Uh, to know, like, it was Lemchigov, you know, and uh, he had a good joke about it. And uh, yeah, it was just just very funny. Those Russians, eh? Oh no. Well, thank you for that story. Um, don't know where to go with that one. We'll normally be able to kind of go. We've got any other experiences of that? Uh, Graf, have you got experiences of uh, of s- slow closing doors with um, anybody with wearing nothing but a smile? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm <laughs> I'm 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 stuck. I don't think I've got a story of that. Um, there's one vague one, but that's definitely not for a uh, for this podcast. Um, but uh, I said, well, one thing hockey players do tend to, uh, how shall we say, very confident um, in their surroundings. So um, thank you for that, Andy. Um, oh, God help us next week for the story. My God. <laughs> um, so um, we're on to the predictions. Um, I haven't got the stats for you. I'm not going to lie. What I do know is we were awful. As we always are. Um, so. No, I was one for one on Friday. Oh, no one cares. No one cares, Graf. I do. No, even you don't care, Graf. Don't lie. 
I got one right. Let me have my moment. No. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, okay, so we will um, go through the games uh, in the normal order, uh, but we'll do league games and in the cup games. Um, so Andy, Gref, um, we'll mix up a little bit, I think, um, and then myself, and we'll go from there. So Friday, um, before we carry on again, as per normal, don't back these. You, get, you if you put any money in it. Rule of thumb, you've lost your money. So we don't warn you. You've been warned. Very much so. Um maybe we should try it one down. Just put a pound on all these accumulators, see what we get. Well we know what we're gonna get with we'll zero. We'll lose a pound. Uh so then, gents, let's start. Friday, Belfast versus Dundee. Belfast. Yeah, Belfast. And it is a full house for Belfast. Then the night after. Steelers and the Blaze. Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to say Steelers. And again, a full house. Nigan Panthers versus Fife Flyers. Five. Five. I think Panthers. They'll get out there, bro. I... I'm with Griff on that one. I think they're going to oh, oh, um, yeah. turn this one round. I'll, I'll back Griff. That's fine. Um, but we all know what Griff's going to say for the next one. Uh, Manchester versus Belfast. I'll go. I, I, I'm going to say Belfast. I mean, I've had a, a good run of saying the away team at our rink. So I'll, I'll go with Belfast. I've been Belfast as well. I'm going to go Belfast. There's not a part of me that can even contemplate going for Manchester. I just don't think it's it's possible. Uh, uh, Dundee, Glasgow. 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 And a full house again. So, league games on Sunday. Uh, we've got Glasgow, Manchester. Glasgow. Yeah, this is where I go, Homer. And say Manchester. Glasgow. Let's not mess around here, boys. Um, so, next game Coventry, Nottingham. Nottingham. Coventry. I'm, I'm with Griff again on that one. I'm, I'm going Coventry. Um, Fife, Sheffield. There's a lot of thought in this one. Yeah. On Stafford. They're hamster doing overtime on the Griff. I think, I think Fife will get this one. I'm going to say Chef. Yeah, I'm going chef. So, do we have any cup games? We have cup games. We do. Sa- we do. So, back to Saturday. Uh, Guildford, Cardiff. Jeez. Um, Cardiff. Yeah, I'm going to say Cardiff. I'm going to go Guildford this one. 
Uh, and then the day after, it's the return let game, Cardiff Guildford. Cardiff again. Yeah, I'll say Cardiff again. Yeah, I'm going to go Cardiff full house. Block 13 is going to get in the, the return. Um, then we have um, a pretty chock a block midweek uh, schedule. Um, both League and Cup. So, Guildford and Glasgow on Wednesday the 30th. Guildford. Yeah, I'm going to go Guildford. And same here, another full house. Fife and Belfast, which is this season's first live game on free sports. Uh, Belfast. Yeah, Belfast. Yeah, and another one for Belfast. Um, Nottingham against Dundee. Nottingham. Yeah, sorry Panther Joe, but Dundee are bringing a 90s party. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Nottingham uh, Travel day I, No I don't think they're going to do it uh, And then last two It's uh, Cardiff Against Coventry Cardiff Cardiff Full house for Cardiff. And then Sheffield versus Manchester. So we know what Graf's going to say. There's no Cantor this time, though. Sorry? There's no Cantor all this time, so... Uh, are you changing your mind? No, I'm still going Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Andy? Got to be Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. And we on that one, mate. Let's let's ignore Griff for for one second. (laughs) Uh, uh, So, yeah. um, So, guys, we've uh, we've nearly come to the end of the podcast. Um, Unless you've got anything else to throw in before you do, whilst you're thinking of anything. um, If you've listened to this podcast and you've got this far and you've still listened, congratulations. As ever, you're the real MVPs in this one. Get in touch with us on social media. Um, via Facebook, My Fancy Boney Podcast, or on Twitter at MFZ Podcast. We will open up questions next week um, and we'll see if people want to throw some stuff in. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that's been ch- this week for some reason, a lot of people have been chirping up on social media. Um, a lot of people gurning the teeth, a lot of stuff, including stuff from like a year old, year old, uh, um, material shall we say so i'm sure there's some questions put your head above the parapet you'll be eight we'll listen we'll debate your question we'll not ridicule or, or mock your free question um everyone is equal when it comes to the questions so fire them in um gives me and Gref, um andy and panther joe something else to uh, discuss when we uh, when we do these podcasts yeah i mean as long as you don't bring back like stuff from the hockey forum it's fine yeah, if anyone gets that news on there, it's like getting the news from the sun. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about uh, the the Storm's new uh, venture for uh, their hockey. So. If that's it, uh, gentlemen, um, thank you very I've much. Got one thing to add. Oh, last second, Andy. 
Uh, just want to mention uh, Paul Thompson's Schwenninger beating six, at the Mannheim 6-1 last Sunday. A great win, great win, great win for Tomo. Good win, uh, turning around a bit of a dip in form, but also beating the national, the, the DL current champions. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone's really, really, really excited about that. I hope oh. they are. I'm sure they are. They should be pleased. The British coach doing well. Uh, you know, it's good to see him throw Mannerheim under the bus um, oh, and, uh, and do that. Um, hopefully, he's them the revolving door. That's a, definitely a blast from the past. Yes, um, but the, I think the, 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 the door's slowing down. It's, it's resisting. Could, could we say? Um, so, um, if that's it. But a very good point. Um, I tell you what we'll need to do next week. We'll have to see how Corey and Pete Russell are doing in DL2. Just for a good flavour of comparison, you know, and, and seeing how our British or British-linked coaches are doing abroad. Um, so, if that is it, gentlemen. Um, Andy, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks, Greff. Thanks, everyone listening. Oh, oh and thank you, Joe. Oh, wait, hang on. No, it's all right. Oh, the shares. I don't know. <laughs> you know, last week he was apologising to everybody who had been affected by the holiday companies. Now he's just been a great sassy little so-and-so. Um, oh, have a great time, Joe, mate. Have a great time over there and see you when you're back. Yeah, we, we don't think that until he brings a bottle of pink, won't he? Um, <laughs> Gref, thank you very much for your, for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Stafford and... Joe, if you brought back the pink with me, thank you. If not, go back. <laughs> I think if you gave it an option, I think he'd jump on it if, if uh, given the updates. Um, so, yeah, Andy, thanks. Gref, thanks. To all the listeners, thank you very much. Uh, that concludes another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. <laughs>